What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. It's your boy Marty Ben here on a Wednesday afternoon. A very special Wednesday afternoon. We've got a very special guest in the studio, well, in the virtual studio today. Uh, before I introduce our very special guest, got to give a shout out to this week's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Unchained Capital. Down there in Texas, they eat steak, they drill for oil, and now they're setting up, <coughs> sitting around and figuring out the best ways to secure your Bitcoin. It's a great state and a great company. Check out the multi-sig vault pl- uh, platform that they just released on Monday. Uh, they did a presentation at the Austin Bitcoin Developers Meetup. You guys can go check it out. I think there's a link on that meetup page. Uh, so you guys can enhance your security, preserve your sovereignty. Unchained vaults are compatible with Trezor and Ledger. You hold two or three keys on your own device. and It's 100% cold storage. Uh, time to get your keys off the exchanges, freaks. If you're willing to take this responsibility into your own hands, and if you're holding a bunch of Bitcoin with a single key, look in the multi-sig. We've been talking about this for a while in this podcast in particular. Multi-sig is definitely a safer way. It's time to take security seriously. Learn more at unchained-capital.com slash vaults. That's unchained-capital.com slash vault. And if you create a vault, it's a special deal they're throwing in. You'll get free access to the Bitcoin Standard Research Bulletin by uh, Safedine for three months. So you get uh, three months of a free quality newsletter. Uh, it's an incredible resource. If you haven't read it, go create a vault, a vault today and fall further down the rabbit hole. Freaks, I'd like to introduce you to a very special guest. We've been talking about a product he's been building for for weeks or months now. Excuse me. We have a special day dedicated to this product. Today is that day. It's Wasabi Wednesday. I'd like to introduce you, Freaks, to Adam Fisker, a.k.a. Nopara. Adam, welcome to the podcast. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on, Matt. This is a big week for you in particular. I'm going to let you take it away from here. It's, it's been a long time coming. Uh, really happy to have you, Adam. Uh, thank you for reaching out and coming on. Uh, we never do remote pods, uh, particularly for rabbit holes, so we, we made an exception for you because uh, you're just doing really good work. Thank you. So you went to, went to Jack, too? You went to their office, to Twitter office? To check? Oh no, I didn't. But uh, yeah, I went down. I uh, went to Twitter, see what's going on down there. Uh, I was not able to uh, to get past the Twitter security guards. I was get about able to get past the uh, the Square security guards and, and sit down with Jack. It was fun. Apparently, he's a uh, apparently he's a freak now. He's uh, tweeting about the podcast last night. It was pretty cool. Yeah, you could be listening to this pod right now. And we could be. Know. So. To, Try not to self-censor too much. All right. We're going to. Uh, um, but yeah, it's Wasabi Wednesday. Wasabi. This is a topical news show. Uh, Wasabi was in the news today. You guys are experiencing a dust attack right now. Is this uh, what's what's going on with this? We'll start with this and then jump into uh, more particulars about Wasabi after that. All right. Jumping into the technical right away. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting, you know. Uh, well, first I tell you what is the dust attack is, and then I tell you how it happened in Wasabi because that's different thing. In a, in a dust attack, uh, it just if I'm a blockchain analysis and I see someone that made a Bitcoin transaction like two years ago, I sent him some money to that address two years ago, and then I want to see if he joins together that coin with it on his old address, what I sent with, with the new transaction of his. And with that, I can connect whether the two wallet clusters 
So this is the dust effect. Now in Wasabi, it did not happen, of course, because <clears throat> they were sending money to mixed outputs, right? So they don't know who they were sending money to. And I'm not quite sure what they were trying to achieve with this. So I think it's an experiment that they want to see what's happening when 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 this is I think when this is happening, I'm 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 not sure what they achieved with this or want to achieve. Uh it's a it's a good question. I can speculate, but 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 I can't tell you what if it's effective or not. Yeah. So so with dust attacks like usually involves a very small amount because in traditional dust attacks it involves a very small amount because they're hoping that your wallet doesn't have not your the wallets in general doesn't have good coin control so it'll include that small little transaction and whatever a uh, small little utxo and whatever transaction you do um and in this case it was it is also a very small amount it's like three cents or something um now the the main you were saying you were saying online um it's it's a relatively you know wasabi automatically separates them out by utxo so you see the dust sitting there the issue is that it's currently showing that it's got a high anon anonymity set right so so the update should basically you're going to basically not show that high anonymity set that doesn't exist and what are you going to do hide it that's the plan yeah, so you know it's it's blockchain analysis. Wasabi has a built some built-in blockchain analysis heuristics, which are of course just emphasizes the the difficulty with blockchain analysis because this dust attack uh, tricked Wasabi's blockchain analysis tool. What we did is simply we we count the equal outputs of a transaction, and that equal output how many equal output you have that's the anonymity set that's the basic heuristic now i could filter this out in the new release which actually i released right now it's it's on github it's not on the website yet but i could filter this out okay but the anonymity set cannot be higher than the number of inputs which is going to be only one in this dust attack which is which will happen right now but then the autocare could say, okay, but I will do this dust attack in a way that I send from like five different uh, input, inputs and, 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 and so he can play it out. Uh, well, fine, play it out, but uh, I mean, it's dust. It's by definition uneconomical to spend. So that's one Wasabi bug that it shows the wrong uh, anonymity set. Well, okay, we fix it, but the other bug is that it's it's so small that it's uneconomical to spend. So we are not going to show it up uh, from the next release. It's just uh, it's in your wallet, but you're not gonna see it because it's just too small. That it it, it is more expensive to spend than not to spend it, right? So we're just not going to show up the dust. And. So as a uh, uh, sort of adversarial thinker, are you excited about this dust attack at all? Or are you more stressed than excited? Yes, I, I am very excited because it's a, 
it's a mythical attack, right? It, 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 it never happened before. So research papers were writing about it, but there were no concrete examples. The closest thing I've seen is that uh, Bitcoin mixers were dusting other Bitcoin addresses, but, uh, but that, that was not a dust attack. I, I'm not sure what they were trying to achieve with that, probably some marketing stuff. Uh, but so this never happened really before. And um, I have a feeling it was not blockchain analysis, actually. Uh, you don't think it was blockchain analysis? I don't think so. Uh, so in Vasabi, we are exper experiencing uh, a host of attacks, different attacks. Uh, for example, we, we had a Twitter group uh, bot flow, so thousands of bots were coming into into Wasabi group. And yeah, I, I don't want to talk details yet because I'm not sure, but all evidence, all clues uh, points to a specific uh, competition who, who, yeah, so, so, so we will figure out eventually, I don't know, this is quite childish. I mean, the dust attack was not that effective. The Twitter bot attack was not that effective. Um, anyway, maybe we will hire, maybe we will hire channelists to figure out who were they. <laughs> How the tables have turned. So you, you said, you said Twitter group, but you meant uh, telegram group, right? When we had in the telegram, we just had thousands of thousands of bots entering the telegram group. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, these kind of things are good, right? Because you, you Wasabi needs to be able for it to be a useful tool. It needs to be able to withstand all, all sorts of types of attacks, right? It needs to work in an adversarial environment. Um, one of the things that's interesting is that I, me and you had a back and forth online about uh, best practices for using Wasabi. And really, if you want it to be as private as possible, you should never combine any transactions after you go through the Wasabi process, after you go through the CoinJoin process. Uh, and you and you should really use Wasabi as like a spending wallet, right? Where it's where it's the rather than like an intermediary wallet where you're going from, you know, a KYC exchange through Wasabi and then to like cold storage or a hardware wallet. And if you used it pr properly, if you used it in that in that manner, then the dusting would literally have zero effect right because you're not combining any transactions to begin with so this mostly targeted people who were combining after the coin join yes this is another very interesting point that uh, one systemic risk that i uh experienced uh, one systemic actually only one systemic uh privacy issue there is with wasabi what i what we we figured out which is how people, how some people use the wallet. Uh, from their hardware wallet, they send it to Wasabi and then they send it back to their hardware wallet. Of course, how their hardware wallet is doing, uh, they send all their addresses back to their backend server. So, so, so that's not ideal. And in this dust attack, dust attack uh, 
that is my speculation that as, as I seen half of the people who has the dust uh, were sending it out with zero link outputs. So I think what they do is that uh, they click select all private and they send back to their hardware wallets. So it's like half of the people use it with hardware wallets. Uh, that's my speculation. That's that's. So if if this is true, then it, it kind of shows that uh, they did not really expose more things with the dust than they otherwise would because what I see is that they were always spending zero link outputs with dust. So <clears throat> you could assume, uh, you could go onto the blockchain and, and check it, but I, I don't want to spend on a block explorer all my day. So you could assume that the mixed outputs corresponding with the dust, uh, they were spending it together in fact, they were just spending all the private coins into their their hardware wallets, which is just a bad practice until Wasabi doesn't integrate hardware wallets. Uh, this is this is happening. But if if this was the case, then the dust attack did not have any effect uh, on helping blockchain analysis. But yeah, someone should look at look at it more truthfully more deeply because I'm, I'm not quite sure at this point it's 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 interesting yeah be, because it doesn't really tell them anything new like they would know that you've linked the, those six utxos or whatever that went through the coin zone process are probably the same person combining right so even though it has that seventh seventh utxo in there that's the dust does it really actually tell them anything? it sounds redundant right yeah i kind of i'm you know, maybe my ego is getting like the best of me a little bit, but I was getting a lot of shit for s saying that people, you know, you, you lose privacy if you combine, but you know, if the alternative is, is to not do it, uh, you're probably better off going through Wasabi anyway. Um, and, and I, I, when I saw this attack, I was like, someone's just trying to teach me a lesson, you know, that, <laughs> that you're going to have 50% of the people are combining. And, and now we have like kind of proof that 50% of the people are combining after the fact. Um, but, uh, it's, I think it's definitely like, oh, it's a, it's a wake up call for people. But my issue is, is, is privacy is such an issue with Bitcoin to begin with. Um, and I think one of the best things Wasabi's doing besides making CoinJoin very user friendly is that it's really waking people up to how bad it really is, right? Like none of these wallets have good coin control. Like when people are using Ledger Live or using Trezor's web wallet, um, they have, they have zero control of which, of, of which outputs are, 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 which inputs are being selected and, and they're super vulnerable to dust attacks to begin with. Right. And all sorts of blockchain analytics. So to me, if the alternative is the person saying, I don't want to end up with a hundred point one UTXOs and possibly have a huge fee burden, uh, in the future. So I'm not even going to use Wasabi. Like, is there a situation here where I've like been trying to work it through my head. Is there a situation here where using Wasabi like hurts your privacy? Like there's, I think it's uh, always a net benefit regardless. 
Like even if you combine, like if you combine afterwards, it's it's definitely not as private as if you never combine. But it's got to be a net benefit, no? Yeah. So so the only only issue that can happen <clears throat> is the blacklist blacklisting, right? Because coin join transactions can be seen from the blockchain, so you just blacklist stuff that's are coming from coin joins, which is which is just another mythical thing because it's not happening. What's being blacklisted is like from darknet market to exchange that the transaction, if it goes through a mixer, then it's a, they don't care about it anymore because they, they kind of lost the track. They could still de-anonymize, but then they have to introduce more heuristics and more unreliability. Anyway, so, but, they can start blacklisting, right? It's, it, no one prevents them. And what if they start blacklisting, uh, mixing? Well, then we, we kind of failed building money. I don't know, go to work for Monero or something like that. It's, uh, it's, it's really, it would be a really terrible situation. Uh, yeah. Well, what I like to say is like, I feel like if, if, if they start black, you know, if if they if they say you can't send directly a coin join uh, a a UTXO that was just coin join like directly to Coinbase or something, um, then then users start you know doing like a ricochet situation where they do like four regular transactions after the coin join and then they send it, and if at that point they're still blacklisting like anything that has a history of coin join in it like we're fucked like bitcoin is is like completely fucked at that point so i don't i don't think it's like a real concern for people to be like i don't want to hold coins that have a coin join history because if if that actually ever becomes a true concern then we have way bigger problems well also what if it just lights a fire under everybody's ass to just be like fuck you i'm gonna send my bitcoin to a coin join and it gets to like a tipping point where it's like all right most of the coins are coin join now what are you going to do about it? Just not let people transact on Bitcoin? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons, right? Yeah. One of the reasons why I think it's important that we we get more people to use it um, as quick as possible is to kind of like push the hand, like make it so that yeah. um, it becomes untenable to do anything. So this is probably a good segue. Uh, Adam, let's talk about like the growth of Wasabi, like how 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 much liquidity you guys have on wasabi how much that's been growing and how much that's been helping the anonymity set over time a lot <coughs> we are kind of tripling our user base every month and that's huge huge growth in this beer market i i'm not sure what to expect we did not do any active marketing only like uh, when we got a when someone asked us to go for a conference to speak or something like that then we went but we did not do any marketing so it's just as organic as, as as it can get so yeah i'm kind of scared i mean it's so much money so much money goes through it and uh, have to make sure everything is super stable and 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 ready for for wasabi wednesday <laughs> Is this your uh, is this your Satoshi uh, don't kick the hornet's nest call right now or? <laughs> I uh, so so the the coordinator the coordinator fee address is a public address right? 
um, so we can it's it's relatively transparent how how the growth is going right because you can basically extrapolate based on how much fees you guys have gotten yeah which I think is pretty cool. No, and that's like one thing I'm interested to see is like how, because that's one one thing we talk about, like Matt expounds upon in particular is that privacy loves companies. So uh, I'm assuming like the increase in liquidity and amount of Bitcoin being shuffled through Wasabi, is that allowing you to sort of uh, up the um, the maximum like coin join that you can do? The maximum amount of Bitcoin you can uh, sort of engage a coin join with? All right. Uh, so it speeds up the process. Yeah, exactly. Um, it speeds up the process. It makes it more private, uh, and and it, it just makes it way more useful of a tool. Like the more people you have uh, using it, the actual default anonymity set that Wasabi uses, you can change on a user level. Um, so you can up it and and lower it on user level. It defaults at fifty one. Um, and then and then once but it defaults at 51 but you can basically just keep remixing to increase the uh you can basically increase the anonymity set yeah by remixing yeah but but obviously that's like more artificial you want more people to use it you want as many people to use it as possible so so that you're you're hiding in a bigger crowd exactly um so Adam, how many how many Bitcoin are on Wasabi right now in total, or have gone through? That's what I'm trying to get at. Is where are we? Oh, I don't know a lot. Uh, on on the website, it says it says seventeen thousand Bitcoin, but that's just a small part of it because this this only looks at the equal uh, coin join outputs, right? So how many Bitcoin went through it? like uh you know hundreds of thousands and the interesting thing even with the change uh you know the change is not anonymized so even with the change uh that's kind of anonymized because it cannot be de-anonymized in a in a large scale because it just computationally so expensive to find all the all the combinations those are possibly be the change so if, if you look at only one input and one change output you, you then you can do it but uh, if you're looking at all the coin joints it just uh, takes a lot of computation so that's that's very interesting too so i have um so you guys have been iterating extremely well um, just constant updates we've been seeing. Uh, are there any big features on the horizon that you, you might want to highlight? Oh, yeah. Uh, at this, we are releasing a daemon, a mixing daemon. So what that means is that you can fire up your command line. You can say Vastabi, uh, mix, wallet, wallet name, and it's going to mix for you without launching the GUI, without launching the user interface. So that could come handy for some people. Um, other, other things, uh, maybe it's worth mentioning the deterministic builds which just means that uh, 
people can reproduce the builds so members of the community can uh, verify that that the binaries those are built came from the same source code uh, as it is on github so people of the community can verify that i am not uh, not putting some virus or something into the the released binaries so so that's 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 an important thing too this this just got released uh, right now <laughs> if you want uh, something more interesting for the future that's there's a lot to <laughs> yeah i mean don't get me wrong i'm extremely excited regardless I, I, th those are both big big things and uh i just feel like every update it just it gets it gets more user friendly easier to use um, one of the other things I wanted to bring up is what was what's the re reasoning behind defaulting to the 51 default uh, anonymity set? Um, why not why not make that higher? Yes, I. So it was a long time ago. I sent out uh, emails to people like Tim Ruffing from CoinShop. Um, uh, Ethan Heyman, who created Tambabit, uh, Chris Belcher, Adam Gibson from Join Marketing, sent out emails that, hey, we have to do something with, decide something on this anonymity set. So we, we, what should we, what should we consider uh, acceptable? Because there is just no, no research on it and, and, and decision has to be made. And it looked like 50 seemed to be a rough consensus on it. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, why not increase it right now? I think we should because actually remixing is very, very more valuable than just mixing. Uh, I don't know if you notice that, but if you are looking at probability and not, and not anonymity sets, then it's going to be like, if you mix once, then the chances that your coin uh, corresponds to your output is one per 50, right? So 2%. And if you mix again, that same coin, then it's exponential. It becomes exponential in theory, but in practice, uh, whatever but but this intuition can show us that remixing is much more much better however i did not expect people remixing even once at the beginning so i i thought everyone's gonna just mix once and and be done with it but uh, that's not what's happening and, and we learned a lot uh, since since then so, so so the point is that if we Elevate it to 100, then uh, yeah, that would be probably better, but because that would uh, incentivize remixing at least once. But on the other hand, it would be like people already have green shields, right? And then the green shields become not green. That's uh, uh, might be annoying. That's a uh, uh, UX 101. You cannot disrupt the user's uh, workflow, like, like eBay. The, the classical example is eBay. eBay. eBay was yellow. 
they changed it to white. People were, oh my God, it cannot be white. Yellow is so much better. So what did eBay have to do? They wrote an algorithm that in one year changes the color just a little bit whiter, just a little bit whiter, and it eventually became white. <laughs> I never knew that. That's hilarious. I... Uh, I do like that you can change uh, your own default in the in the configuration file. Um, I was thinking, you know, putting that putting that in the GUI could be could be very useful to people. So I don't have to like explain to them how to get to the configuration file. Um, and also, I was I was wondering, is there my my first instinct is that to use your own custom anonymity set does that 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 has to help you you right because because it destroys another assumption right like if 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 a bad actor is assuming that everyone's using 51 because that's the default then you know if you use even like 57 or something uh but then my other thought was can that make it even more trackable because you're the only guy using 57 anonymity set? Do you have any comment there? Thing is that we should put it in the UI. Definitely, just uh, you know, priorities. Uh, in fact, uh, we actually put in this release. If you click File, Open, Config File, that's uh, that's how you will reach the config file, which is much better. But yes, we should put it in the UI. Just. Uh, just you know there are so many things to do and i, I don't think this is that uh, important yet uh, the other other thing is that uh, the main problem with bitcoin privacy is we don't have an adversary uh which so, so security for a security metric to to mean something uh it should reflect the difficulty of an adversary uh coming overcoming this uh, but the issue is that right now blockchain analysis companies just don't care about mixing because 70 percent of all the darknet market users are just sending money directly to exchanges so they just don't care about mixes because they have such a low hanging so much low hanging fruits that they they don't even try to de-anonymize so so yes we we we, we have hard time choosing adversary right so so we don't know if 50 or 100 and even the anonymity set metric is not that great because remixing is much more valuable but that's not shown in the anonymity set metric because we should change to probability metric instead of anonymity set uh it, it gets really complicated really fast uh especially without uh, real world adversary so if you up it, it doesn't really matter if it's a unique or like a round number, right? Like, so I'm, I'm saying like, is, is someone who, who uses like a 200 anonymity set uh, significantly more protected than someone who uses like a 205 anonymity set that maybe he's the only one that's using 205, but a lot of people use 200 because it's a nice round number? Yes, yeah, so I am using uh, 1000 on my, uh, on my server uh, server on my uh, normal Bitcoin wallets that I'm mixing through and I'm using uh, 
100 uh, on the Bitcoin wallet, my spending Bitcoin wallet. So, I mean, better. Yeah, but, yeah. Actually, I I don't have any idea, but and you those are what I chosen for myself. <laughs> you saying that out loud? I'm using a thousand anonymity set. That doesn't hurt your your privacy at all, right? Oh no, that's that just okay. that just makes it makes the makes the mix as extremely unlikely. I mean, they they wouldn't think that someone is doing one thousand anonymity set. So it just uh. It's just not even a reasonable assumption to do that someone is doing 100 anonymity set and yeah so i mean if i'm using much more than normal people then i'm 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 just way more private not like it would matter again because we don't have an adversary but that was my thinking process <laughs> well one of the problems with blockchain right is even if we don't have an adversary now. We could presumably have an adversary in five years that uses the same data that's ex that is being recorded now, right? Because this data lives forever. Um, so we have to be basically we have to be prepared for like future adversaries uh, that might pop up and 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 screw us over for things we did five years ago. Which yes, which actually brings us to back to the point that uh, when you send to ledger and you 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 send from ledger and send back to ledger well uh chances are ledger is not is not spying on you <laughs> so it's like confidentiality is 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 such an old uh, old metric metric old way of doing uh, security uh, so so much older than privacy so when when you do that then you have confidentiality and 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 chances are they are not sharing your data with anyone uh but 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 it's better not to even give a chance of course but confidentiality is not as bad actually the banking system works that way and and my 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 neighbor cannot figure out how much money i have in the bank Okay, he, he might can because I don't have anything. I only have Bitcoin. But anyway, <laughs> go on. <laughs> when 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 people ask me uh like what one of my biggest like what some of my biggest fears are for uh Bitcoin, uh specifically with Bitcoin privacy, one of my biggest fears is if if Ledger was compromised because not only do they have all that all that UTXO data, they're linking all, you know, they're linking all your public keys to, to you if, if they are doing that. Um, they also have tons of our addresses because people got them shipped directly to us so they can link the pub key to the address, to the physical <laughs> to the home, home address, address yeah. to the name, to the credit card if you bought it with a credit card. Yeah, to an extent, it is happening right now with the Bloom filtering SPV bullets like your bread wallet. Uh, they can tell you exactly how much money you have in your bread wallet uh, because the bloom filter collecting stuff is just so powerful uh, that it's it's scary so uh, but but you they don't have your credit card data so that's that's not that bad yeah I feel like I mean I feel like like that's the problem with all this is that right now like privacy with Bitcoin is it's like way more of an art form than it is like a science. Like if you fuck up one little thing, 
you know, you have to like think of all these little things that you have to constantly be aware of and vigilant of. No, I think, I think that's a good like segue into like the next question. Adam is like, what do you think, if anything, Bitcoin can add like at the protocol level to make your job easier to make not even your job easier, just to make privacy easier and more innate on the Bitcoin blockchain? Are you looking for something like Schnorr, Mass and Taproot or some other or are you uh, sort of content with Wasabi like uh, privacy uh, features? So they could add confidential transactions and make everything that I worked on so far obsolete. That would be really nice. Um, Schnorr is, is, okay, so Schnorr, confidential transactions, and we could decentralize the coin joins uh, more with, with value shuffle, coin shuffle stuff. Uh, that's, that's the big vision, right? Um, Okay, one one part of the equation is coin shuffle plus plus. Coin shuffle plus plus still needs a central server like Wasabi. It's just exact same properties as Wasabi, just more decentralized. It still needs a central server, but decentralization is a scale. So the central server only is only a bulletin board which means the peers are just uh, sending message to the server where and, and read other peers messages, which is more decentralized, which is, which is quite nice. So this is one way making Wasabi more decentralized. Uh, the other thing is the, these amount stuff we, we are always talking about, uh, like, like you have to have equal outputs and equal this, equal that, uh, anonymity set, whatever. These confidential transactions would uh, solve everything uh, if it gets into Bitcoin, which is a huge if, but I don't want to get into that. Uh, for a moment, confidential transactions blinds the amount, so no one can see the amount, and that's the, that's the, that's the huge cheat there uh, in, in terms of designing privacy technologies. And value shuffle which is built on coin shuffle plus plus is coin shuffle plus plus using confidential transactions now how can we make this as economical as normal people as normal transactions we introduce bullet proofs which makes confidential transactions smaller and linearly uh, aggregatable uh, which just means if we have like 100 people, then the proof, then the proof of the output, <clears throat> it's not gonna matter anymore because just people share the cost. And the same with Schnorr. Schnorr, if you have a coin join and you aggregate your signatures with Schnorr signatures, then the input signatures become smaller. Uh, then you aggregate the signature. So in a Bitcoin join, 100 people participates, only uses one signature. So people pay off their size on the Bitcoin network. So that's going to be great because now we are at the point that because of confidential transactions and bullet proofs and Schnorr, uh, Bitcoin join would be even a would cost even less than a normal Bitcoin transaction, which is just great. 
of course we need confidential transactions for that which is just uh, there are a lot of issues with with that so i'm not very bullish at this point of time but who knows no one ever tried to 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 define soft focusing into bitcoin with confidential transactions so so you you never know maybe we need some better crypto yeah no and if uh, the last decade has taught us anything is that uh bitcoiners are very creative in ways in which they can figure out to implement these types of changes and like you said that's something that we touch on here at rabbit hole recap in particular is if it gets to a point where like schnorr is implemented uh and bulletproofs are implemented and it just becomes uh, a better you're more better incentivized to to join in a coin join transaction than a regular transaction like that is possibly the best way to get get a private bitcoin is just make the incentive so it's it's inherently private yeah if it's cheaper more people use it more people use it then then we have more privacy yeah uh, okay so so we had a nice solid 40 minutes on uh wasabi uh shall we shall we move into like uh like a 20 minute quick round. Yeah, let's do a quick round. Adam, you're gonna, uh, we're gonna drag you into uh, some topical stuff. Uh, let's start out this week's sponsor, Unchained Cap, Unchained Capital, excuse me, uh, launched their vault service, which is uh, bringing uh, multi-sig solutions uh, to the market, more multi-sig solutions, I would say. This is a pretty big announcement. Uh, like we said uh, in the beginning of the episode, you can engage with these multi-sig uh, sort of schemes with Ledger or Treasure, Unchained will will hold the third key in your two or three multi-sig. You will have complete control uh, of your coins at all time, and you can sort of tap Unchained if you need them to help you sign a message or something like that, but 100% cold storage, sovereign, multi-sig solution. So my issue with the Unchained cap multi-sig is that it requires a KYC check. Mm -hmm. uh, they take your ID info and stuff and um, the Unchained team is fantastic like they say they're they're not going to share this information and I completely believe that they have zero intention of doing it but uh, it is a it is could be a major privacy leak there um, and it doesn't seem like it has any regulatory requirement to do that because they don't actually have custody yes they don't have custody so that's when I talked to Drew and uh, Parker about this they said that point in particular, like they don't believe that any authorities could come and subpoena information from them. But so then why aren't they why are they doing the KYC in the first place? And my guess that they're doing the KYC is because they they want you to already be through the KYC so that you can go right easily into their loan product. Uh, I can't. Yeah, I can't speak to that. Um, but I, that sounds structurally right to me. So I would say that. Uh, and I think Adam would agree with me that is if you were going to use this product, like you should probably go through Wasabi first. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, people people should not use Wasabi just because it's cool. They should use when they realize that uh, they actually need to reclaim their privacy, right? Otherwise, it's just annoyance. But when they they realize that it's, oh, if I don't use it, it's a problem, then that's when they should but you don't think that if someone's using this multi-sig if they're storing if they're storing coins with unchained capital and unchained capital has kyc 
like if they go in there without if 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 they go in there without going through Wasabi first, then they're just linking all their past transactions and potentially all their their I mean the future transactions I guess don't really matter. But they're they're linking all their past transactions and like basically letting know uh the KYC service that they use, you know, this is where I'm storing my coins. You are right. Um I am not sold by them. I, I don't see why I would use I don't see any situation where I would use their their things based on the information I I know, but uh, there might be some some people who needs that. Uh, I I I really don't know. Yeah. No, I think this uh, product in particular is probably best for like businesses and people that are running businesses together that want to set up joint accounts uh, with a third party to help in a multi-sig facilitation i think this makes sense for them and there will be products and companies that use bitcoin that are they're comfortable with this i would i would argue and then uh, people maybe family offices or trusts that that want the uh, security of a third party helping them in this custody solution yeah it's a user-friendly play and yes. also the i think there's actually like a subset of clients that prefer that they do the KYC so they know who owns the account. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the thing. It's like the thing we talked about BlockFi last week. It depends if it if it's in your risk appetite or not. And this risk appetite being your your risk for exposing your privacy uh and to who. So if you are trying to hide all your UTXOs and do not want people to know which UTXOs you own, probably not the best product for you, but if you're uh, in a business engagement and you need a multi-sig setup with your business partner and you guys are okay with sharing your income and, and revenue streams uh, and being KYC'd on that platform, it seems like a, a perfect setup for that type of environment. Yeah, so should we, let's jump into, we're running, we're running short on time here. Let's jump into the treasure vulnerabilities, I think. Oh, I want to talk about porn. <laughs> porn and KYC in UK? Yeah. So, so the so the Brits are implementing KYC for porn. Um, you have to register your passport or register your government ID with them to view it. Yeah, to view porn. The uh, the, the, <laughs> the British government is making a list of porn watchers. So, any of you, any of our, our British freaks out there, uh, the government's gonna know what you're fapping to going forward. So good luck to you. I just think this is like a perfect example of, of internet privacy uh, violations and that they, they start with these type of things that can get uh, more widespread support and then they start expanding their speech block. You know, like maybe you can't access Wasabi's website or something. They're going to go, they're going to go right for 4chan after porn, I bet. <laughs> you, um, do you have any opinion on this, Adam? <laughs> I I think that I think the benefit is that there's going to be a whole group of young Brits that are going to learn what VPNs are and how to use them. Yeah. Even with that being said, don't watch too much porn, freaks. It's bad for you. It's bad for your mind. Yeah, but if you're going to watch porn, like use a VPN. Like even if your country doesn't like KYC you, like you could always get blackmailed for your porn habits at a later date. This is true. So you should at least you should at least use a VPN. Learn about it. Yeah, yeah, I would recommend it at least. Um, good luck to you, our, our British brethren looking to fap out there. 
Um, do not register. Do not <laughs> register for the porn KYC. Just use a VPN. Um, okay, so let's move to the treasure vulnerabilities. Um, yeah, this was a hot topic in the bent this week. Wrote about it two days in a row. Uh, Charles Guilmet from Ledger. He's their head security officer, I believe. Went to the uh, MIT Bitcoin Expo over the weekend and displayed a number of attacks that the Ledger security team was able to successfully um, engage with uh, using Trezor hardware devices. I watched the presentation live and then uh, watched watched it a couple times after as well. To me, it seems like a lot of these vulnerabilities were disclosed by the wallet.fail team um, earlier, or excuse me, late last year. Uh, so this wasn't news to me. It seems like all the uh, attacks uh, either need to be supply chain, which every hardware wallet is vulnerable to, or physical attacks where the attacker has physical access to your Trezor for an extended period of time, which is an assumption I've been I've been working under the whole time I've owned a Trezor. Is if somebody ever gets access to this, they could probably hack into it. Like eventually, with enough time, with enough skill set, yes. enough motivation. I mean, the thing is, like compared to a seed. If they get the seed on a piece of paper, then they automatically have access to it. If they get the treasure, like at least they have to be like more sophisticated. Um, as far as the ledger, ledger is less susceptible to supply chain attacks because they have that proprietary secure chip um, that mm-hmm. that is authenticated when you connect it to the software. Um, but that has its own set of risks because it's not. It's, it's not a bootloader risk, right, or something. Like that. It's not open source, yeah. so you don't even know what's going on with the chip. You're like, you're like trusting them to a degree. Um, so they both have their own trade-offs, and of course, Ledger's gonna attack Trezor for not having that chip, right? That's their bread and butter. Um, Adam, do you have a preference over when you, if you recommend a hardware wallet to a, uh, I guess like a normal user? Do you do you recommend a Ledger versus a Trezor, or a Trezor versus a Ledger? So first of all, I'm traveling, so I'm always under the assumption that all of my possession is going to be stolen from me, and they are from time to time. So I never used the hardware wallet actually before. Um, but now, uh, I wasn't even paying attention, but now I, I realize that uh, the hardware wallet companies are so hostile to each other. I was, right? oh my God, I, I, I can't believe they, they don't. It's like shitting in the baby pool and ru- ruining it for everybody. They're just, yeah, it's like. That's what I was talking about in a side channel this week. It's like all these hardware wallets attacking each other is just having people lose confidence in hardware wallets overall, right? Yeah, and it's procrastination, right? Because hardware wallets are can be all hardware wallets can be uh, hacked if you have physical access to it, but that's that's very rarely the case. And by the time you hack them, he's gonna just move the coins because he noticed that his hardware wallet is missing. Yeah, and that's what, oh, sorry for interrupting, but Trezor came out with their official response and that's what they said. Like 5% of Trezor users are afraid of physical attacks. Like more people are worried about getting attacked via their computer or something and like there's that. There's been no known attacks. We've never had, I don't think we've had any known. I mean, there's been $5 wrench attacks. Right. But I don't think we've had ever had any known uh, uh, compromises. Yeah. And then the that. other thing is like if you use a passphrase, you're a lot more secure because even if they pull your seed, 
And then if you use multi-sig with both the hardware wallets, then they both have to be compromised. Exactly. At the same time. Yeah. Right. So what would be a real issue if they would be able to figure out how to hack it remotely, which is unlikely? That's the scariest so thing. When I would say, okay, I wouldn't recommend this hardware wallet to, to anyone, but un until that happens, I, I, I just don't mind. But I... I I do agree with the logic about the the traveling. Like when you travel, you should never. Yeah, don't put it in put it in nature's pocket, or just no, don't travel. With no, it at just all. assume. Yeah, just assume that when you travel, like every single piece of that you have with you can just be fucking violated and searched and taken from you. Oh yes, that's the other thing. Yeah, especially if you come to America. That's one of the reasons we we agreed to the remote with you because I completely understand your. Uh, you're, you're never coming. Country. You're not coming to America for a long time, so we really had no alternative. Um, next up, this is an interesting one. So uh, there was a precipitous decline in the amount of transactions on the Bitcoin network since the last time we met here on Rabbit Hole Recap. Uh, some people were trying to attribute that to uh, the rolling blackouts in Venezuela and. Uh, it would have been a cool story if, uh, if it was true. If it was true, but it's probably not true. It turns out, Veriblock, that uh, project that is uh, basically securing other blockchains by hashing data into the Bitcoin blockchain, they ended their test net, I believe, March eighth or something like that, um, and that was probably the main cause of the transaction downturn. But uh, it's an interesting case study in. I don't want to say ethical block space use or efficient block space use, but it looks like uh, Veriblock, they're going to turn back their, they're going to turn their main net on, I believe Friday in a couple days here. So maybe we'll see transactions uh, begin to increase again, but it does beg the question, like is Veriblock like the new Satoshi's dice? Uh, are they taking up too much space? Is it a worthwhile use case of the Bitcoin blockchain? This is why, this is why the, the, the weight limit exists. This is why, there's fee pressure, you know, if they, if they do it, then they're just going to end up costing themselves a ton of money and, uh, they'll price themselves out. It'll, it'll eventually become either, it'll become unviable for them. Yeah. Otherwise, if they had unlimited block size, they could just block weight. They could just do whatever the hell they wanted. Yeah. It's, it's surprising. They're not using BSV. It's not secure. You don't <laughs> see, you don't secure other chains with an insecure chain. So what are you talking about, man? Satoshi's vision. Don't even get me started. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, oh, the Texas proposed bill. This is a good one for Adam. Did you see this bill, Adam, in Texas? I heard about it, but you could refresh my memory. They basically they said that if an ex that the only currency it's a proposed bill. They haven't actually. Uh, past it or anything but but basically that the that for a digital currency to be legal you have to know who the sender is when they send it to you yeah texas texas is trying to dox all their users I, i'm not even sure how to react to that <laughs> it's i think la i think laughing is the appropriate reaction it's, it's yeah, unreal. Yeah, was... we are living in our own bubbles and they are living in their own bubbles, and right. the bubble is going to pop first. How does our bubble win? That's just it. I mean, that's the uh, 
that's been part of like the overarching conversation of this podcast like the last three months is or last three episodes in particular is like the governments are just like historically too slow to move against this stuff adam maybe this is like a good ending topic like do you you're on the front lines of building sort of technologies that uh, overtly conflict with what these governments are trying to achieve so do you think governments do have the ability to move quick enough to stop the stuff that you're working on look look at it think about this question bitcoin is legal this is crazy (laughs) can this be legal i mean this is going to destroy the largest power that governments have printing money this is this is this can't be legal this doesn't make sense right so based on this logic we might even have a future where privacy is by default you know it's it's not that crazy idea <laughs> no i don't think it's that crazy but it still amazes me it still amazes me that let's put our tinfoil hats on right now what if the government wants us to adopt bitcoin that's why they're being so easy on well it. that's best case scenario like if if the government is is satoshi then is it though then then we've we've already won <laughs> You know, the, the future is bright. We just have a lot of work to do. That's right. And that's why I'm ecstatic that we were able to get you on this week, Adam. You're, you're an individual in my mind that's doing an immense amount of work to, to, to number one, just show people that this vision's viable and this mission's worthwhile. And then, number two, you're actually producing uh, good products that people are using and helping out the community at large. So I just want to thank you for for joining us for this hour and, and all the work that you've done at Wasabi. Yeah, thank thank you guys. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have a ton of ab, in, insane amount of respect for you and everything that you and your team have done. Um, I've been waiting for like a user-friendly privacy wallet since like the dark wallet days of like 2013, <laughs> 2014, where Amir and uh, Cody were, were, yeah. were telling us all these, these great things were going to happen with dark wallet and it just never really materialized. So it's, um, I, I think that even if we don't, you know, there's a, there's a lot of improvements to, to be desired, uh, on a protocol level. But even if we, even if we don't hit those, we have like a, like this base minimum privacy tool we can use is a absolutely huge, huge step forward. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's base minimum. I would say we cover, we cover privacy well. It's, it's, there is really nothing to do about privacy anymore uh, that wouldn't be procrastination. It's just uh, we have to make it more convenient, easier to use, and faster and cheaper. And, 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 and that's all. It, it's, this is what it all comes down to. It's like privacy. Privacy is not an issue anymore. Privacy is solved. You just have to make it not bloat the blockchain and maybe a bit more decentralized, things like that. So, yeah, that's my thinking. <laughs> I mean, my, my two issues, I think, that are like the, is like the, well, one is like a low-hanging fruit, um, you know, which is, it makes sense that it's not a priority, but uh, but people have been talking about like hardware wallet integration. Like, obviously, obviously you can't, um, do do live mixing with 
with hardware wallet because you, you need to be able to sign the transactions. Uh, it needs to be a hot wallet. But if if we we need better ways of interacting with our hardware wallets easily, and um, Wasabi seems like a, a natural fit because it's got such good coin control. It's got Tor built in. It can use your your Bitcoin full node uh, like out of the box. Um, so that that that'll be I think would be a a pretty big a huge improvement. And then the other the the main issue I have with a at least in a pre schnorr world uh, with a coin join implementation is that if fees do go up. It could become it could become quite quite the issue, which is one of the reasons why I think it's important that people um, use it now while fees fees, fees are cheap. Are yeah, hurry up before Veriblox turns on their mind. Then. <laughs> yes, uh, one one small thing I want to say that it is possible to do hardware wallet with coin join. Uh, now it is clear for me that it is possible. It just. Uh, work has to be done on the hardware wallet sign for auto signing and basically the same scriptability is needed that's needed for lightning network uh anyway i just wanted to mention this so what would you you would like pre-sign for like a certain amount of days or something like a certain number of transactions you would pre-sign something to that effect the most basic idea is that you tell the hardware wallet that sign every transaction until ten dollar leaves the wallet and after that don't sign any transaction right so it's going to mix and the attacker can only get ten dollar out of it so yeah that's possible that's awesome i like where your head's at i think that's a, a perfect place to end it this week we're at an hour adam Again, thank you for joining us and all the work you've done. Um, I don't know if you have a parting note or a parting message for the freaks out there, but this is your time. Yeah, thanks thanks a lot, guys. My, my message would be that use hardware wallets based on color, color, right? It, it really doesn't matter if the hardware wallet is well known, then don't, don't, don't be afraid of scaremongering. It's, Color is the most important thing. If you like pink, then it should be pink. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, bedazzle your hardware wallet, freaks. That's the uh, that's the parting note. And uh, we we've we've shilled Wasabi a ton of times on the pod, but it's WasabiWallet.io. Um, it's available on on Linux, on Mac, on Windows. Very easy to to install and use and and you should at least check it out with some some small amounts of of bitcoin and play around with it and get get your feet wet get your feet wet freaks and and thank you again adam and uh that's it for this week yeah peace and love freaks cheers bye bye